Hello, Bridgetown Church. I'm John Mark Comer here with the Bridgetown Daily for Wednesday, March 18th. It has been a crazy week. I imagine that for a number of you, all sorts of plans have been disrupted. Everything from a trip or travel or work or your children are home from school or just the mundane of day to day. I am an obsessive compulsive planner. And so I feel all of the anxiety in my body. This morning I was doing email, and every time an email would come in that had anything to do with schedule or a meeting two weeks out or a month out, I would just start to chuckle because there's literally no way to plan right now. It's day-to-day, even more, it's hour-to-hour. And I just keep thinking about a line from James' letter, chapter 4, verse 13 to 17. Let me read it over you. He writes this. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money, why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. This is a little bit of a stark warning from James, not against planning per se, but against the arrogance and assumption that is behind so much of our planning. He writes that we are still the plan for travel and life and business, go to this city, do this thing, such and such, just with the always caveat, if it is the Lord's will. If you grew up in the church, you're used to hearing people say, God willing. You don't hear that on the street of the city. The reality is our arrogance and assumption behind so much of our planning is rooted in a false sense of control. I recently read that the average Westerner has 15% of the control over their life they think they do. Cue all of the stats on anxiety long before the pandemic. But the pandemic is an invitation to face reality in general and in particular, the reality that we're not in control, or at least not nearly as in control of our life or even of our own health and body as we think. The Western world, with all of its science and technology and an app to order food off of your phone, all of which is great, but the danger is it can't help but lure us into a false sense of security and pride. This is why, for example, planning for the future, many of us don't realize this, but it's unique to Western culture, really just to the developed world. If you spend any time in, a, in the developing world, in the global south or in parts of Africa or Asia, one of the first things you notice is that's very hard for an outsider, for a Westerner or a tourist or a visitor from the developed world, is just how little planning there is day to day and how hard it is to figure out what the plan is, what's going to happen. And it's not because people lack some kind of job training from Stephen Covey or whatever. It's because people are aware of reality. They realize just how unpredictable and out of our control and at times dangerous life is. And there is really something here to learn from our brothers and sisters in the family of God from the global south and around the world. All that to say, 
for James. Notice that his warning to kind of beware of the heart posture behind our planning ends not just with a sober reflection, but with a positive call to action. Quote, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. The idea, I think, here is that there is likely a good that Jesus has for you and for I to do today. Not tomorrow, not next week, or next month, or next year. Who knows where we will be tomorrow, or next week, or next month, or next year. The reason that planning is rooted in, quote, arrogant schemes in James' language, and that, quote, all such boasting is evil, is because we often neglect the good that Jesus has given us to do today because it doesn't fit into our plan, or it's not on our calendar, or it's an interruption to our false sense of control. When we open up our heart and our life to interruption, to the spontaneity of the Spirit, to the good that Jesus has for us to do today, we open up our life to become a conduit for love and good in the world. So let's just end our little time together with prayer. God, we just ask for your grace to live today, one day at a time, one hour, one moment. We think of your line, Jesus, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We can't help but chuckle and take relief from that. We ask you to help us to live in our body and present to the sensations in our body and around our body, not up in our head and worry or fear or long-range thinking. And above all, through our body, we just ask that you would give grace for us to live grounded in your presence through abiding. We ask that right now you would bring to our mind and our imagination a good that you have for us to do today an act of love or service or trust, no matter how small or obscure or mundane. Just take a moment even now as we listen and pray just to create a little bit of space in your mind for the Spirit to deposit a picture of something, a good that Jesus has for you to do today. Holy Spirit, fill our mind and our imagination with your will to good. And God, whatever it is that came to our mind, we just ask for your grace to do it, not alone, but with you, and peace deep in the center of our being. To end, let me just pray one more time John's prayer over you from his third letter at the end of the New Testament, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Peace to you all.